Good morning, Rabbi Sai. Ah, Lili Nishmas, Yimimiros, Yerusmas Mordechai. Last night, Big Tzadik, Uri Abramov came and donated this $1,500 piece of the defibrillator. Told me a story that just happened literally like two weeks ago. He's, he lives in America. He's sending defibrillators. He's, he gave over 500 of these. Raised money himself, whatever the story is over there. So he's sending a bunch of defibrillators there to Israel. And the guy that was bringing them walks out of the airport. He's outside, you know, where the taxis pick up. And there's a guy lying on the floor. And uh, they're trying to, to resuscitate him, and it's not going. And he hears the, that Tzal guy saying, if I only had a defibrillator. So he says, I have one. So why do you have one? The kids are, he pulled it out and they saved the guy's life. He's going to visit him now, today I think, or whatever. 50 year old. So Bez Hashem will never have to use it, but thank you very much, Rebori. Yidele Greenbaum in the airport in Poland. Let's see if I could get it to work. Rebari Ben Shusha, not in the airport in Poland, in Baltimore. This looks actually like uh, Rebbe Fischl's uh, catering office. Let's see. <laughs> Hello, Rebbe Ellie. So, Haley, Rebbe Fischl, and I, down in, down in the Haley of Baltimore, and we just spent Shabbos here in Naritamid. And I got to tell you, it was such an amazing, amazing experience. They love you there. Say, over and over. They love you there. You should know that the way that the the Rav Rabbi Motzen, he started his Shabbos day speech was, he said, good Shabbos, Baltimore. He just gave a good Shabbos. They went, ah! You know, they, they, all, they, all, they all gave it. It was really, really beautiful. So, official, thank you very, very, very yeah, much. Yeah, Rebelli, you take your commission from Rubari because I saw him in the I charge him at, at Bill Works and uh, at the. And, uh, he killed it in Bill Works. Definitely, definitely got Connecticut. Rebelli, Hansaku Baruch, a hundred and forty-seven people. How many? There's more. There's more. Yeah, incredible. Eligible, Just from there. Incredible. Incredible. All right, it's getting to a minute, so we're going to close it off. Take care, Rebelli. So it's unbelievable. A hundred, more than 150 people are finishing Baba Kama in their Tumid in Baltimore. He decided to take on a project. You're going to have people do Baba Kama. Now, Baba Kama is one of the hardest Masechets in Shas. Some of these Dapim haven't been that easy. And uh, so I encourage everybody in their Tumid. If you did Baba Kama, you could do any Masechta. Guaranteed. Just keep on going. If it made a change in your life, listen, you guys made a change in my life. I can't say these jokes anymore. Everything's dull. Before I say a joke about a woman or about a chassid, about an Arab, I got to think 45 times. No more, no more jokes about Amadoim uh, al-Khamar anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's Narivayim. They made a change in me. I hope you made a change in yourself and you continue with Chas. Reboisai. Another Talmud from Kiryas Yoyal. Satmer, finds you well. I wanted to share an interesting story from a shul in Kiryasel. This week, one of our regular attendees has been coming to, for two years now, approached me asking for a Baba Kama Gemara, curious about his Torah learning habits. I asked him, he's into the Afyami, and guess what? He's all in. He mentioned he learns with Rebelli. I was intrigued and asked how he got connected with Rebbe Stefanski. Turns out he stumbled upon the Afyami to the latest podcast, the, the Yiddish podcast, realized he didn't have a shear, and simply jumped in from Kedushin 
regards gamzu letoiva. A lot of people ask, how is it possible that the number is 25,000 people? If you do the math, uh, 4,000 on YouTube, 10,000 on all daf, uh, 5,000 on Torah anytime. How do, this this 2,000 missing, it's impossible, it's 25,000. The answer is, you forgot about TorahZoom.com. He has a few, a few thousand views also, and our app and all that other stuff. It's really 30,000. Uh, Yehuda Hernandez. Shalom Rav, I have to say, the first time meeting in person in Shabbos about two years ago impacted me greatly. Since then, I've been able to make siyumim on many mesechtas. I was learning back in Israel for a while, and now I'm studying in college for a better parnasa. I'll be making a siyum on mesechtas very soon through your recordings. I have one request from you. If you can please pray for me and my family just once, once in your davening. I'd really appreciate it for better parnasa and to get through adapting to America and getting jobs soon in my area of knowledge and tech. My name is Yehuda ben Avram. Down for Yehuda. I already down for him. Now it's your chance. Yehuda ben Avram, just to pray once with Kavana, please. Thank you for, the, for your contribution in Torah learning. What's Oh. I hope this email finds you in good health. Dear Belly, I want to share an incredible story with you that left me both humbled and inspired. Recently, I had an unexpected call to Chaverim, getting assistance with a flat tire. I guess he had a flat tire, says Gershi Rose. So he called up Chaver. What unfolded in that conversation was a testament to the profound impact we can have on others through the simple act of sharing our journey and learning Torah. Share, and you have an impact on other people. The dispatcher began by recalling a status I posted about completing Mesechus Megillah each year and seeking a Chavrusa. Little did I know that this seemingly ordinary post had lingered in someone's mind for over a year, sparking a personal commitment to achieve the same goal this Purim. It's a powerful reminder of the ripple effect our words and actions have on those around us. The dispatcher's dedication to completing the Masechta inspired by a brief status underscores the immense value of influencing others to engage in Torah learning. Remy, do we have a, the QR for the status by any chance? Oh, Shkoyach. Boisai, you can take out your phones now and go on that QR code and that will hook you up to what? To the status group. And once you're in the status group, they give you videos so you can cheer on your status. I'm waiting for Mendy to do it, then I'll go later. Till then. You don't have your phone here. Yeah, one time you actually did status with me. No, 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 here. I'd like to send my gratitude to Shimi Shapsi Yosef and the credible community of 770. 770, your boy says 770. And Punk today, I have a story from from one of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's, Friedrich Lubavitcher Rebbe, who spread Torah on the Clips Sharing Status Group. Their collective efforts of spreading Torah to thousands, embodying the essence, even the Rosh Koilo. No. <laughs> Trying to do it. Is it working, David? No, it's not working. What do you mean it's not working? Do you need me to get up and do it? A middle share? What's not working? It is working. I see the Elam is doing it. <laughs> Here, Avremi, your job is to show the people with the, with the cameras. You, I see myself. I don't want to see myself. Where's the other camera, Avremi? There's only me and that? That's it? Oh, okay, I got it. I hear. A special shout out goes to Gabriel Emanuel's encouragement led the, to the creation of the status group. May our sheer commitment to Torah learning continue to inspire and uplift those around us, creating a positive impact. The residents, far beyond individual efforts, wishing you joyous and meaningful Purim. Warm regards, Gershi Rose. 
Rabbi Said, the Masechta is sponsored for the unity of Am Yisrael. You can put it back. Here. Here's the latecomer. He wants to do it. Aaron Freeman, it should be his chus to rebelli for continuous Yad Hashemayim teaching Torah to Klai Yisrael. Amen. Parnas HaChodesh, they're back. It was last day for them, and now they're back for another full month. Lili Nishma, Zechai Ben Moesha. Lili Nishma, Zechai Bas Yosef. On the birth of Sophia Rus, for my daughters, SB Bas SR and EM Bas SR, to find Shiduchim Bekarev. Parnas Shavua, press her family's chus for Rufu Shlema for our mother, Rachel Bas Rivka Hena. Rufu Shlema. Parnas Maxwell Kellen, in loving memory of the art side of Tiparashena Bas, Rubmeir Hakoyen, Shama should have an aliyah. Parnas Yoim. In memory of our friend Chaim Elephant, Chaim bin Yaakov Shmuel on his first yard site. And the art of the month, anonymous for the schus, for an easy childbirth, for his daughter and a healthy baby. Rabbi Sai, Leon Welcher, up until this point, was dedicating and uh, sponsoring these books. Look at this, of all the art of the Masechdom. Sechus Babakama is going to be the largest book yet. And we're looking for a sponsor. It's four and a half thousand dollars of Toilam. If anybody wants to ship in, there's 24 hours to do it. It's going to print within 24 hours. The Siyom here in Mabit Shemesh on Baba Kama is Wednesday between 6 and 9. You have to sign up on mdycm.com. That's all the Siyomim around the world. Manchester, London, Toronto, New York, Muncie. Huh? Register mdycm.com. If I don't repeat over Gemaras, I'm certainly not going to repeat over announcements for those who are not listening. Yeah, we don't have time. We got to learn Torah. Rabbi Yisrael, we have a very long daf today, and Mendy wants to get going already, so we're going to get going. We're starting by a brand new Mishnah. Hamakir Kelov Usfarav Biadacher Kuf Yudalid Omud Beis. If somebody recognizes his safer by somebody else's in somebody else's hands, in those days, you're talking, let's say a Gemara. The guy had a Gemara, Baba Kama. What do you think a Gemara Baba Kama costs in those days? Today it's a twenty twenty-five dollars to get a Gemara. In those days, twenty-five thousand dollars minimum. It's like a safe tire. Somebody has to sit, write it by hand, every single daf. So it was something you schmack to steal. All of a sudden he sees his Gemara by somebody else. Big Tzadik. Guy's learning Torah with a stolen Gemara. Hamaka Kelev was far biadacher. shem People, I have to apologize. This uh, yearly cold that I get, Baruch Hashem, I, first of all, thank you Hashem for delaying it by a month. But it usually comes in and lingers, sits around all the way to the summer. So Baruch Hashem, it's here. So bear with me. Hamaka Kelev was far biadacher. You recognize your safer. But people realized, and it's before Yish, we're talking about before the guy gave up. And people in the city know, you heard what happened, Nebuch, he just did Achnasa Sefer, Baba Kama, and there's a big Simcha in the city, and there's a whole... Four? The book? Wow, that was quick, who? Anonymous from Lakewood. Can anybody else step in? I'm sick and tired of Anonymous from Lakewood, Anonymous from, from California. I, I want a new Anonymous. We have a nod from Florida or something. Thank you, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you very much, Mr.
Yeah, but it can't be the same two people taking care of everything. Okay, fine. Shkoya. Really appreciate it. So, Yishov Aloi, Lekeach, Kamenosan, Viyito. We're learning a new concept today. It's called Takanas Ashok. Uh, it's, anyway, I could get that off over there. So, Takanas Ashok is to help the marketplace. Imagine if you were to buy a car, you're driving it around, all of a sudden somebody stops you and says, hey, that's my car, I recognize it. I can prove it. Here's, here's the, the VIN number. And here's the bill of sale, whatever. It's my car. Get out of the car. He takes you, calls the cops, and you just lost your $20,000 that you bought the car. It would be a terrible thing. No one could buy anything. Everything you buy, you have to be concerned that somebody, it might be a stolen property. So they made something called Takanas Ashok. If you own something and it was stolen and you recognize it and you want it back, you can take it back, but you have to pay for it. Whatever the guy bought it for, that's what you have to pay. It sounds crazy, mm-hmm. it sounds hard, but it's the Kanas Ashok. It's the Takana they did so that people could live normally. They could buy without worry. So, in this case, you'll swear. Now we're going to see how and when. It's not as simple as you think. You have to bring real proof. You have to really know what's going on. The guy that purchased this safer, this Baba Kama, that cost $25,000. He swears that he's not the Ganav. He bought it from somebody. Obviously, he's not going to steal. He's not going to. He's not. A, he's not going to do a mitzvah baba avera. He's not going to learn Torah through a stolen safer. So he bought it legitimately. How much did he pay for it? He's going to swear that he bought it for twenty-five thousand dollars. Vito, the the original owner, is going to take his safer back and pay twenty-five thousand dollars for it. Vimlav, lav kol kaminu. If he doesn't, if he doesn't do this, the owner is not believed that it was stolen, and he could keep on complaining, but he doesn't get a safer bet. Because what could have happened, and I'm going to say this is what happened, is that, yes, it used to be a safer. He even has his initials on the front page, and everybody remembers this was a safer. But he sold it. He sold it for $25,000. Now he's a crybaby. He wants a safer back. He's lying. So he's making up a story that was stolen from him. It wasn't stolen from him. He actually sold it. So... The guy, the guy swears how much he paid for it. If you don't want to pay for it, then you can't get your safer back. Says the Gemara. So what if people said that it was stolen? He's the one that's making rumors that he had a theft. He's the one that started telling people that you heard about the Gnev, and then all of a sudden people are saying, oh, it was stolen. And now he's using that as an excuse to take the safer back. says, he had guests, overnight guests. I was once at my friend's house, David Schwab. I think it was Shabbos. Probably was. And in the middle of the night, I hear screams like you never heard before. Like screams like somebody's dying. So I jump out of bed. I go upstairs. What's going on? He says, I heard the window to your car, my car that I rented, smash. I look outside. And I see people taking your computer, your stuff out of the car. I, like a fool, left it in Brooklyn. I left my stuff in the car. So he screamed like I'm a shogun. He thought he's going to scare them off. He scared me off. They, they took the computer and they met. This is what happened there. The guy started screaming in the middle of the night. Screaming. Oh, Ganovim. Eh. 
So, and there's people there in the house. Says Gemara, Okay, so maybe he made up a story with them. He had a guest and he started screaming. There's a Gneva. It's unbelievable to what length the Gemara goes to say to prove that there was actually a theft there. What happened was, there's a tunnel. So you can't even say tunnel, it brings trauma to people. There's a guy who had a house and the floor obviously wasn't made of concrete, it was uh, a dirt floor like in those days, everybody had dirt floors. The owner of the house had guests. He, he thought something's up with these guys. So he locks the door, takes the key. These guys need to get out. What do they do? They dig a little tunnel like a dog under, under a gate. They dig a tunnel and they sneak out. Oh, so now we have people that were by him. We have a tunnel. And they're leaving with loot. People see, they witness people crawling out of a tunnel with these big sacks of stuff. Givaldic. And people are saying, oh, do you hear about the theft? Oh, and then he said, my safer is missing. Now it makes sense. The Gemara is not happy with the story. We need more. Maybe he was taking pots and pans, the Ganav. How do you know they took valuable Svarim? People are saying, the rumors in the street, that they took his books also. Maybe they took the smaller books, not the larger books, the, the thicker, not the thicker ones, the thinner ones. Safer, plainy, uplainy. So if there's one thing that we're going to take off the giant list, that he had guests, and there was a tunnel, and the people saw him with the, the sacks, and people said it was safer, and they know the name of the safer, that's the one thing we're going to take off, the name of the safer. Um, Why? Why don't we believe him at this point? Because Why somebody, I know, that's what I'm saying. Because we have Takanas Ashok. Takanas Ashok. People are allowed to buy. Yeah, We know that it's yours. He, he claims he bought it. Prove it. You, you have Aiden that he was stolen? It's all rumors at this point. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like one of the most severe cases of. You are saying that it's almost impossible for this to happen. You have to go through a lot, a lot of steps here. Says Gemara. This Rav says that people are saying it's this is the safer. Which one? Oh, this is not. There's another one. Maybe the Svarim that were stolen were old ones, not like in our days that the, you go to Gnozim, which is owned by Stefanskis, by the way. Gnozim, and you get an old safer and you pay big bucks. Over there, old safer. No, old safer. The guy is claiming it's new, it's valuable. Omar Rav, Army, Alolu. Caleb Shoplani, Halolu Svarim Shoplani. Okay, people know the name, they know the name of the Sefer, it's a Baba Kama. So this is what Rav said. People said it's so and so Sefer, this is the name. This is a nuclear bomb right here. Mam Shanuk. Baba Machteris, Vinot Al Kalem Potter. Listen, it's, it's incredible, this halacha. You're not going to believe it. The famous halacha of Machteris. Somebody comes in, in the middle of the night, into your house, in a tunnel. What's he doing in your house? He knows, today also, somebody comes into your house, in the middle of the night, he probably is armed and dangerous. And he knows that you're going to put up a fight. And if you put up a fight, he's going to fight back. And he's going to kill you. And if he's going to kill you, you're allowed to kill him first. So therefore, if you kill him, you're potter. 
says Rav, incredible, based on everything we learned in this Masechta, there's a concept called Kamli B'dravene, or Kimli B'dravene, Mendy likes to say. Kimli B'dravene. If you have two Einshim, you have the Einish of Misa, Yechayi Misa, and the Einish of Maman, you have to pay for something, and you, you pay with your life, you only pay the, 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 the greater of the two, you pay for it with your life. Since this individual, you could kill him, so basically he paid with his life. And we, we learned already, that you don't have to die. As long as it's available, this Einish, even it's like Bishaygik, and you don't die, but it's a, an idea of Misa over there, the, it's floating, the idea of death penalty is there in the background, you don't pay. It's very, I know, there's, there's a lot to understand there because we're not talking about an Einish here, we're talking about a, a physical thing, I could kill him. I'm not punishing him, I'm just killing him. But anyway, since there's a concept of death here, he could go scot-free, he could take your stuff, it, it, like literally, it's, it's Rav Sinigra, it's hard to understand, but that's what Rav says. I told you, it's a nuclear bomb. He dropped the nuke on us. Since he is taking a risk in his life, so therefore, when he steals things, how did he pay for what he stole? With his own life. My time of Bidmei Kananu. He bought the theft with his life, with his blood. So we are also, when these guys, these guests, these unbelievable Shabbos guests, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. You fed them, you had them, you gave them room and board, and what do they do? They, they ruin your house by digging tunnels, and then they take all your stuff out the tunnel. They should be potter, because, come live with the Rav Mene. So the Gemara says, no, 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 let's not exaggerate here. When the guy comes from the outside inside, he digs the tunnel going into your house, now he's a dangerous fellow. Because he gave himself up to death. These are guests, they came to your house with permission. They didn't give up their life, you're not allowed to kill them. They're your guests, you can't kill them now at this point. So loy, Rav's halacha doesn't apply, they do have to pay for the theft. It gets even more. There's another step here. No, I can't get it. It's like, it doesn't make sense. We know what the name of the Sefer is. We know there's a guest. It wasn't the stamp tunnel. It's from the guest. And, and people have the rumor. And, and now, it's a person that sells his stuff. He constantly has garage sales outside. outside. Fine. So, Fakir. If he's the type of guy that never sells anything, then how do you have my stuff? I'm not a seller. Davi, the, the only way you have my stuff is if you stole it. That's good. This is better. This makes it better. What, what do you mean? So, a guy never sells stuff. But once in a while, comes a situation that you have to, you have to make some money, and you have a very valuable safer, and you sell it. Since there's two things going on here. First of all, he never sells his stuff. Almost hardly ever. And also, people said in the city that he had a, a, a robbery one night. So, therefore, we believe him. Itmar. Oh, so now, we're taking it a step further. Now we know who the Ganav is. A guy stole something. He stole a car. Sold the car. And now the Ganav, oh, here's the Ganav. The whole city knows he stole cars. He's the guy. So who do you go after? You want your car back. Do you have to pay for the car? Do you go to the Ganav? Do you go to the guy that bought the car? What do you do? So it goes something like this. 
the guy has a $2 million um, collectible Ferrari. The guy steals the car in the second step, and then he sells it to the guy with the Amok all the way on the left. So Rav says, you go after the first guy, meaning the Ganem. It's one, two. Lekech is two, Ganem is one. You go after the Ganem. But what does that mean when you go after the Ganem? That means you have to pay for the car. If you go after the Lekech, you go after the buyer, the purchaser, that means Rebilchen says you go after the purchaser. He's liable over there. So you take the car back. Let the purchaser go after the Ganem. But if you say you go after the Ganov, you take your car, but you have to pay for it. So basically, bottom line is the Machlekes is very simple. Do you pay the, the guy that bought the car or not? According to Rav, you do. According to Rav, you don't. Hadin and Hadin means, it's a little different than a lot of times in Shas. Hadin means like the first guy is correct. Now over here, Hadin, you literally go to town, you go, you go to court with the first guy, with the Ganov. In other words, you have to pay the buyer. The halacha, the, you deal with the second guy, the buyer, the purchaser, and you don't have to pay him. What? You get the money from the Ganav and then pay the buyer for the car. No, no, no. You go to the buyer, you go to the buyer, you get your car back. Let the buyer deal with the Ganav. The buyer. The buyer gave the Ghanav money. So let him go to the Ghanav, knock on his door, and say, give me my money back. It's not your problem. It's your car. Right. Rav says, Rav Yechon says, he doesn't have to pay. No. He picks up his car and drives away. It's his car. Why should he deal with anybody? Says Rav Yechon. He's not paying for it. According to Rav, he has to pay for it. According to Rav, he has to pay. Exactly. So the Machlaikis is, does the original owner, does he have to pay the purchaser, the new guy that was unaware that was a stolen good, goods, does he have to pay for it or not? In other words, is there Takana Shashuk or not? That's basically, it seems like that's what the Shaila is, right? So we're going to see what the Machlaikis is. There's a number of ways to explain this. <laughs> Again, Rav says you have to pay for the car. You're the owner, you have to pay for it. Because you're dealing with a Ganov. When you deal with the Ganov, the purchaser, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not guilty of, for, for, he didn't do anything wrong. So why should he lose his money? So you, you want your car back? Pay the purchaser. That's what Rav says. Omar Rav Yosef, there's no machlekes in fact. When Rav Yosef said that you, you go to the purchaser and you just take your car back because there's no Yosef. The owner never gave up. If you remember, we had the famous story, and we'll talk about it now anyway, sorry. We had the story with the restaurant. A random person comes over to someone and says, oh, I know you so well, let's go to the restaurant. I want to go, let's go to this fancy restaurant. He orders all this food. They order a lot of food, and they eat, and they have a good time, and then the guy that invited him runs away. So we said, according to Rav Chizda, the owner of the restaurant could go after the person that wasn't aware of what was going on. He ate, he enjoyed, he stole by mistake. The owner goes after him. He certainly could go after the Ghanav that ran away, but he can't find him. So he goes after him. He could go after either one. Over here also. Yes, I know it's not your fault. You thought you're buying a car from a legitimate person, but stolen. Give it back to the original owner. And that's before Yish. Once the owner gives up, then you can't go after the purchaser. You have to go after the Ghanav and you have to pay for the car. 
And they both hold of Rav Chisa's concept that what? That if there's no Yush, if nobody gave up, you can go after the person that's unaware also. So Abai tells his Rebbe, Rav Yosef, right? Rav Yosef is the one who became sick later on in life, and Abai is reminding the learning. Not necessarily in this case over here. He tells Rav Yosef, even before Yush, there's no Machlaikis. So, to remind the Olam, right? From every animal that you shech, you take some of it, the, the jaw, some of the intestines and this, and you give it to the, to the kite. It says in the Pasuk, So, who owns the Madness Kuna? All the Kayanim in the world. So let's say Reb David over here, Kayan uh, or Dani, they give up on it. Reb Shomer didn't give up on it. You can't have Yush on Matnas Kuna. There's too many Kayanim in the world for everybody to give up on it. So Matnas Kuna, Kilufnei Yush, it must be that the, the gifts that are given to Kayan are before giving up. Nevertheless, there's a Machlaikis even in that case. You're telling me there's no Machlaikis when, when people don't give up. I'm sorry, a, you're telling me there's no machlegs before Yish. Everybody agrees to Rav Chizda before Yish should go after anybody. But what about the case? You go to the butcher, sell me the innards of the cow. Inside the innards, some of that belongs to the coin. He has no right to sell to you. The person that purchased the innards gets to look around. Oh, this part belongs to the coin. Let me give it to my neighbor, the coin. And the butcher doesn't give him a discount. He said, give me the innards. Okay, included in the innards are some of the intestines that you have to give to the kite. He doesn't get a discount. But if he told him, I want 25 pounds of innards, then obviously it doesn't include, you can't charge me for weight that doesn't belong to you, that you have to give it away. Then you do give that thing to the kite, and you, take, you get a discount. Says, Rav, listen to this. This is the problem right here. But if the butcher himself weighed it, then you go after the butcher and not after anybody else. But according to what we just said, you go after either one. You go after the butcher, you go after the purchaser. You go after the guy who's sitting in the restaurant, the Ganev that told the guy to come to the restaurant, or the guy that's sitting there like an Ebuch. He had no idea. You go after the butcher who knows what he's doing, or you go after, you should be able to go after, the purchaser who didn't know what was going on. So therefore the Gemara changes it, Ema Afdim Imatabach. Not, you don't go only after the butcher. You could go also after the butcher. In other words, like Rav Chizda, you go after whoever you want. Mal, the same, Ematnes Kuna Nixolis. You cannot steal, halachically, you can't steal the Ematnes Kuna. At the end of the day, it always goes back to the kain. There's no yush, there's no stealing. So therefore, I think that the kain could only go after the purchaser, not after, in other words, a purchaser purchased matnis kuna. Comes the coin and says, give me my matana right now. So I think that since it can never be stolen, so that's the only way to do it. You can't go after the butcher. Right now, the matana is in the purchaser's possession. So he goes after the purchaser. He could go, even go to the butcher, go back and say, I want my matana. You get it from the purchaser. Now, now we go back to this for a second. Oh, I had a rough night last night. You're going to Takfakai now? I don't even know what Takfakai is. I'm kidding. Whatever. Different Masechta. 
Isn't it Bamatsia coming up? Huh? Coming up. It's not hard. Nothing Bamatsia is hard. Bamatsia is easy, fun, schmack. As long as you start it, then we'll talk later. Yeah, we have a machlegi between Rabbi and Rabbi you see on the chart. Who do you go after? Do you go after the Ganav? In other words, you have to pay for the vehicle, or you go after the purchaser, you just grab the car back, say, You stole my car, you bought stolen goods, give me my car, you deal with the Ganav. Abai says, Domar Pligi, there is a machlekes. Rabbi Yosef tried to say that they're not machulik before Yush, after Yush. Abai says, No, there's a machlekes. But my Pligi, so what's the, what are they arguing on? Yeah? Basically, Rav Chizda, let's just see Rav Chizda for a second. A guy stole something, the purchaser bought it, ate it. It's not Yish yet. So according to Rav Chizda, you can go after the Ganav, you can go after the, the guy that ate it. You can go after whoever you want. Is that true or not true? That's the Machlaikas. Rav Zvida Omar, We're talking about, in other words, if there was no Yish, says Rav Zvid, everybody agrees with Rav Chizda. You can go after whoever you want. But, we're talking about Interesting. What happened was the Yiyosh happened only later on. So in other words, what happened was the Shinu Rishos first and then Yiyosh. Not Yiyosh and Shinu Rishos. Usually it goes in a certain order. Give up, change possessions. Over here, change possessions, then give up. In the says, you can't make a king like that if you do it out of order. Okay, so we have different ways to say what they argued on. And Rav says, there's no difference how it happened. You need two things. You need Shin Rishus and Yush, or Yush and Shin Rishus. Either way, you do it, it's a great, it works, and it becomes yours. Rav Papa Amar. Rav Papa, here we go. Uh, sorry, let's show this for a second. Here. So first of all, we have a Ganav. You see the Ganav? Here's Ganav. Here's a woman who has a nice fur coat. And he claps her coat away. Okay. So the Ganav has a coat. Now. No, no, the guys in their Talmud told me they don't want to see any faces, whatever. So we're very mad for them. Most of them doesn't care. There's a certain Machmirim over there. Whatever. We have, to, we have to be sensitive to everybody. Sensitive to everybody. So. Rebbe says like this. When we're talking about clothing... So over here, Rishon and Shani is a little different. Over here, we're going to see, when, it, when it's a garment or something, you have to give it back to the owner. Is, do we make a special takana that people should be able to purchase? The halacha is you go, Rav says you go after the Ganav. You take the money from the Ganav, 1500 you get it from the Ganav. In other words, we don't care. You go, you take the coat, and let the, the purchaser deal with the guy. No, the, the Allah, you, you could deal even with the second one, with the Balabais. Okay. There is a Takana Tashok. We do care. You have, to, you have to pay the purchaser. Does Rav not hold of this whole concept of Takana Tashok? If Rav Huna did Takana Sashok, so that means Rav also did Takana Sashok, because Rav Huna was Rav's Talmud. He wouldn't do something his Rebbe didn't do. And the Khanan Bisha, the famous Khanan Bisha, the bad guy, his name was Khanan, 
Ganav glimel v'zavna, he stole a garment and he sold it. Also came to Ravuna and he came to Ravuna. Or they came to Ravuna. Only la Gavra, he told the owner, Zil Sharevitoch. Go pay. If you're paying the, the purchaser, that means that's the Kanas Ashok. The original owner of the garment, he told him, go pay for it. That's the Kanas Ashok. Right? They found the Ganav. They know it's Khan and Visha. Yet, he said, it's the Kanas Ashok. You have to pay for it. Says Gemara Shani Khan and Visha, the Kivin Lekadish Nalumine, the Lekadamin. Khan and Visha is different because you can never get money from him. So it's as if we didn't recognize that there's a Ganav. Okay. We don't recognize the Ganav. Omarava, in Ganav Mephursamu, if he's a very famous Ganav, and you purchased something, you bought a Ferrari from a very famous Ganav. Yeah? You have no business purchasing things from a famous Ganav. You can't come later and say, oh, Takara Sashok, I purchased it, so I'll give back the car, but you have to give me cash first. No, you bought it from a Ganav. Expect to be, to, to, to be fooled and, and purchase bad stuff. Lasu boy, the Kanas Ashok. I asked the Gemara of Khan Bisha, the Mufursum Ava, but wait a minute, it's a Raya. Khan Bisha is a famous Ganav. Vasu boy, the Kanas Ashok. We just said, Rafuna said, pay the owner, pay the, the guy that bought it. Says the Gemara, Nihid the Mufursum, maybe Shusa, like Nivusa, let Mufursum. There's people, I know people, Ganavim, very, very nice guys. They're not bad people, they're just Ganavim. There's very, very bad people that are bad, but they don't steal. One has nothing to do with the other. Yeah, you have a Ganav, Mamsh Ganav. He's Robin Hood. He's a Ganav. He has a good heart. He tries to help the, the poor. One has nothing to do with the other. So over here, Khanabisha is a, is a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He sees a lady walking down the street. He trips her. He puts a banana peel. He's, he's, a, he's a bad guy. Nobody thought he's a Ganav. Oh, so you didn't have to worry. Maybe you're going to buy something big name from him. But it happens to be that he's also a Ganav. Ismar. There's people that are both, by the way. Stop. So it goes like this. Very, very simple. By the way, you want to have much easier sugas if we ever get there when it comes to the Mishnah. Look what happened over here. There's a, it's a, four, a three-step process. You have a Malva. You have a guy that's lending money to the Ganav with the scribe thing. So step one, he gives him a bag of cash. Step two, the, the guy wants to pay back his loan. So what does he do? He goes and steals a coat. Step three, he takes the coat, gives it to the, to the guy that lent him money. Is there Takana Sashok here? When the owner, the lady, the original owner of this coat, she realizes that there's a guy, Mr. Malv, is walking around the street with her coat. When she takes the coat away from him, does she have to pay him for the coat? The $1,500. No. What's the answer? The answer is no. Why? Because the Malva, who took the coat all the way in step three, he didn't give the loan because he was receiving a coat. He gave the loan three months before that. Nothing to do with the coat. It happens to be the Ganav gave him a coat that's stolen. So now the woman comes over to him. She grabs her coat back and doesn't pay a dime for it. If he gave a loan because of the coat, then this is the Kanas Ashok. He would have to get paid for the coat. But in this case, he didn't give the loan because of the coat. The coat came on its own. Says Gemara, Ganavu para he stole and paid back for his loan. Or he stole, he paid back credit. There's no Damri. I didn't give you money because of the coat. However, but if I only gave you the loan because you're giving me this coat, and the coat is worth $1,500, and I'm giving you $750, I'm giving you half the value. 
Then, without this coat, I wouldn't have given you the loan. So therefore, if you're the real owner of the coat, you have to pay me for the coat. But what if shava b'shava? What if I gave a loan seven fifty or fifteen hundred dollars for a coat that's worth fifteen hundred dollars? Over here we have a shailah. You didn't give the loan because of the coat. It's the same value. Nobody in their right mind gives a loan for a perfect equal mashkin for the same price. The mashkin is always more money. You want a guy to have an incentive to pay you back. So then, why do you give him a loan? Because you like him. He's a nice guy. It just happens to be you took a mashkin. But it wasn't because of the mashkin. The only reason you gave him this loan is because he gave you a uh, a collateral. You're right, the collateral is not that valuable, but that's, that's the reason. If you sold something for the Gneva that's equal, there's the Karnas Shuk. If you, the guy comes and takes his stuff back, you have to pay for it. But if you bought something that's only worth 100, and the guy paid 200, Rav Sheshish Very interesting. Rav Sheshish says, nobody pays 200 for something that's worth 100. So why do you pay 200? Obviously, he gave you a little bit of a gift there. He likes you. He gave you a gift. But it's not because it wasn't like a purchase. It is a purchase. I want to say real quickly here, the Maisa from the Mariat. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Maritz. Not Maritz. Mariat. Right? Something like that. Huh? Maritz. I don't know. They say it. The Rebbe, the Mariat. Okay, fine. One of the Lubavitch Rebbe's. When he's 14 years old, they sent him out to purchase a bottle of cognac. So he goes out and he can't find any store that's open. So he sees a shikar drinking cognac. So he says, could you sell it to me? So the guy says, no. He says, I'll pay you double, triple, ten times. No, you're garnished. She says, why not? He says, because when I have this bottle of cognac with me, I have the whole masqua. I have everything. Everything is mine. As soon as I give it away, I have nothing. So he came back to the Fabrengan and he said, you know, at least I learned the lesson. I couldn't get cognac. I learned the lesson. If you have a bottle of Emuno, then you can control everything. Everything's under control. All your tsars, everything goes, goes five. Mayats. Huh? Mayats. The Rayats. Not Marat. Ma- the Rebbe Rayats. Okay. Amarats. Amar Amarats. Amar Amarats. I don't know how to say the name. <laughs> The halacha is that all these cases you just said, whether he paid, he overpaid 200 for 100, all these things you, you get, if, if it's stolen goods, you get the owner comes, takes his stuff back, but he has to pay for it. Besides, if it was for, uh, in this case, that the code had nothing to do with the loan, in that case, he doesn't get paid for it. You just grab the coat and run. So the father-in-law of Ravina, somebody owed him four. Ganav Glima, the Ganav, steals something. The guy that took the loan steals a coat, pays back the loan with a coat. And then he says, oh, can I have another loan? I'm a nice guy. Look, I pay. They say in the Gemachim that a person that pays late is a tremendous tzaddik. A person that pays early is a tremendous Russia. The person that pays late, he knows he's never going to get another loan from this gmach. And he still pays? Wow, big tzaddik. But the person that pays early, why is he paying early? He has a trick up his sleeve. He knows that if he pays early, the guy's going to mamish trust him, will give him double the loan. And then he's going to get them. 
That guy's a big Russian. <laughs> Pay on the day. When they come to you and they say, could I have $50? And they pay you on time? Watch out. I'm telling you. Then it's $100. Then it's 1000 And they pay on time. On time? By the, by the end, when they get you good, when it's like 10000 100 up, then you don't know where they are. Who are? What? Stay away. I warned you. I warned you. Those guys. Says Gemara. We found out that this coat was stolen. Also coming to Ravina. So he comes to his son-in-law. What should I do? Omar, so Ravina said, Kamai, the first four Zuz, when did he bring him the coat? Way after the loan. So the coat had nothing to do with the loan. Therefore, when they come to pick up the coat, they don't have to pay for the coat. Because the coat, there's no Takanas Ashok when the coat was given after the loan, we said. Oh, but, but why did you give the second loan? Because you received the coat. Oh, on that, there is Takanas Ashok. First, you get the money from the owner, the original owner of the coat, and then you give the coat. Masculine, of course, of course, I don't like what you're saying. Maybe the coat was given only for the first four. And of course, that's not the Kodesh Shuk. Why? Because the coat was given way after the loan was given. But what about the second four? The reason why he gave the loan the second time was not because it was a coat. He trusted him, just like he gave him the first loan without a coat. He gave him a second loan without a coat. The coat was stam to pay off the first loan. So this thing rolled around. It finally came to Rebavo. Omar, Rav Kayan is right. The coat had nothing to do with the second loan. And there's no on the second on the second loan. Says Gemara Nersha, Gonav Sifro. Guy from Nersha stole a safer. Chulin, says the Belzer, who told me this. It says over there that the narsha, if a narsha kisses you, make sure you have all your teeth afterwards. It's a saying. In other words, people from narsha are ganavim. So, a guy from narsha stole a book. It's not a complicated story. It's very simple. But if you want to see, you want to see a simple story become complicated, take a look. The guy stole a book. Narsha is the guy in the, in the, the stripe. He sold it for 80. The guy from Pupanoi made a, a 50% profit. He sold it for 120. So when the original owner, the Bailam, comes to pick up the book from Mechayzah, how much does he have to pay Mechayzah? Does he pay 120? Does he pay 80? What does he pay? Now here's the problem. You can hold that Takana Sashuk means that when you pick up your stuff, you have to pay, but only what you could get out of the Ganav. What did the Ganav get? The Ganav only got 80. So maybe you should only pay 80 to Mr. Mechayzah. And let Mr. Mechayzah deal with the Ganav or something. The Kodesh Ashok is only as much as the Ganav gained over here. How much did the Ganav gain? 80. Somebody else made a big, a big killing afterwards. Sold it for 120. Sold it for 80. So Mr. Pupinah went. Sold it to the guy from Mechayzah. Then they found out who the Ganav is. Go give Mechayza only 80. Even though he paid 120 for it, give him 80. Because that's how much the Ganav sold it for. And then you can see what Abayi says over here. Mr. Mechayza gets 40 from, from Pupa and 80 from the Bailam. If the purchaser purchased directly from Mr. Ganav, 
He has tattoos that say Ganav. Everybody knows he's Shlikah Ganav. He looks like a Ganav and he is a Ganav. We find that he's Ganav. You still get your money back. So if it's three people away, Mr. Mechazah bought it from Pupunai. He's a nice guy, Pupunai. Certainly, certainly we should make a Takanas Hashok. And he should get all his money back. All 120. So therefore it says, Yeah, he pays 120. And he gets, and he gets his book back. But then the owner who just paid 120 for his book, he should get 40 from Papa, and 80 from Nersha. And now we have a very easy sugya, and therefore it should only take us about three, four minutes to finish on base. There's a scammer claiming that he's collecting for MDY. Don't give any money directly to anybody. Okay, Yishkoyach. Says the Elegy Mishnah sponsored by Meshikol and Schos, Atzloch and Lim, that Torah and Parnasa. Rabbi said we had this sugi already. It's a little bit of a problem because it contradicts what we learned. Zeba Bechavisa Shilyayim, Zeba Bechadish Shilvash. A guy has a barrel full of Castel wine, but the other guy has Castel honey, much more valuable than wine. Nizdaka Chavish Shilvash. He's losing all his honey, which is more valuable. And this guy didn't ask any questions. He decided to be a Baal Chesed. Spills out his wine. And he saves all the honey. What's the halacha? What would you think the halacha is? Different than what you think. Unfortunately, he lost all the value of the wine. He gets paid hourly rate. Minimum wage. He gets $15 an hour. And it only took him 25 minutes. But Kitzer, he gets seven and a half bucks. Wait a minute. There's more. He gets 50 cents because he rented out his barrel. He rented it out. How much is the rent of a barrel? It's 50 cents for that. So he gets $8 total. $7.50 plus 50 cents. He just took a $1,000 loss because he spilled out a whole barrel of wine. That's all he gets. Why? The answer is because he didn't ask any questions. Had he been asked, he volunteered. If he would have if he would've been told, not even asked, told. The guy would said, listen, you're spilling out your wine because that's the halacha you have to. Then he gets paid the whole thing. If they made a deal, made a deal. Tysis on pay base on Medalif, the bottom pay Aleph on base goes into this. What's the difference? How can we learn it already once before? And that's the problem. People that don't learn and they, oh, I once heard of such a thing. So they spill out their wine and they take a big loss. That's why you have to do that with Afiyaymi. Then you learn these halachas. It's not as simple as you think. The Chiddush that says over there is that I can force the guy to spill out his wine. Force him. I said, listen, you have less value than I do. I want you to spill out your wine, he has to do it. This is the same exact case. Two donkeys are trying to cross the river. Unfortunately, they were drowning. One is an old donkey, not worth much, only a hundred. The other one, his friends, is worth much more. He jumped to save the more valuable one. Unfortunately, only gets paid minimum wage. If he said, I want you to do it for me, then then he has to pay for it. Ask the Gemara bomb question. Vamai. Sponsored what? Oh, really? Who's that? Oh, Kinovations LLC. In honor of my uncle, Rebbe Chonim Pressman, for Akiva Simcha Ben Fega. Ask the Gemara, listen. Listen what's going on here. Think about this. You see a leak. Oil is coming out of somebody's car. Are you allowed to take the oil? Yes. You know why? It's after. The guy has no way to, ch- to save it. So when you see it leaking, 
if it has hit the ground, or you know it's going to leak. The bottom line is, this produce that's coming out of the barrel is complete hefker. So if it's complete hefker, why does he have to give it back to the guy at all? Why does he have to give it back to the original owner? You take it, go home with it. And I can prove it. The guy has a great trick. He's, he's, he's on a trip, and he has a bunch of wine barrels with him, and, and uh, oil barrels, and he sees one of them is broken. So it's going to go to waste now. So what does he do? He says, this, oh, oh, everything in this barrel should be true miser. I have to give anyways in my home. And then it goes on the floor and gets destroyed. At least I, at least I, I was the ice, true miser. I don't have to give the, the, the lady any more 10% of what I have. This barrel is his. He's not allowed to say that. And if he did, what could be the explanation? How come it's nothing? But he just took a, a barrel full of wine and he said it should be true miser. The answer is, because since it's leaking, then the whole barrel is considered hefker. And I cannot use that for, it's not mine, it's somebody else's. It's a, I can't use that for Trumsomizers. So as we're going to see in, in two minutes, that Revirmia is going to answer this answer, we're going to use it over here as well. Just like Revirmia says, in our days it would be like a piece of plastic, they, they, they wrapped it with that uh, plastic, what is it called, you know, the shrink wrap. They shrink wrapped it. So it's, it's, it's leaking, but not that bad. Okay, what do you say? If he, if he tried to give Trumus and Meisters from a leaking barrel, it's nothing. Yeah, the famous Maisa. A guy gets held up at gunpoint. So he looks at his friend. He tells the guy, hold on one second. Hold on one second. You're holding me up? Yeah, okay, hold on. He takes out his wallet. He has $1,000 in his wallet. He says, uh, Ruvain, remember you lent me $1,000? Here, here's $1,000. Gives it to him. Is that paying back $1,000? No, because the guy has a gun at their head. And they're at. So they're also, same exact thing happened. They're on the way. You give 10% of all your produce to yourself. And if it's too heavy, you have to redeem it to money. And you take the money. So now a guy is about to take his money. So he does a trick. He says, all my Maizashaini at home, should the Kedusha should jump into this money. And here, Ganav, take this money. I don't care. Now I can go home and eat all my fruit without taking the light. So you're not allowed to do that. Oh, but if he does do it, it's great. How can we just say it a second ago about if he says that it's not good? Because there, he, he could punch the Ganav in the face and run away and get out of it. So then why can't he do it in the first place? It's not so posh. Maybe he'll punch him, he'll break his hand, and the guy will break his head. Kids are, it's not so posh. If a person, as I have said, he has stuff leaking out of the barrel, you know how to say that? A guy's a levy. He just received 10% of somebody's produce. Wine. But all the wine is tummy. Now, tummy wine, you can't give to a kayan. You can't eat it. He saw one of the barrels is going to be lost completely. Or it was um, uncovered. Megula, and you're not allowed to drink in those days, you're not allowed to drink wine or milk that's uncovered. Why? Because perhaps a snake came and put its venom in the wine. He could use that barrel that's leaking, that's hefker, or perhaps there's 
poison in the barrel and it's worthless, I'm allowed to use it for my trumas meiser. I'm a levy. I have to give 10% of what I have to the kain. I'm going to give my trumas meiser, the truma of my meiser, I'm going to give to the kain with a bad barrel. You can't do it if you have a leaking barrel of oil. Why? Because the oil, even though it's tame, the kain wants real oil. That's tame. Why? Because he could use it for lighting his house, lighting a fire. So you can't say, oh, this leaking oil is going to go on the floor and the coin is going to get zero. That should be the truth. He just lost. And this is where he said, there was shrink wrap. What do we do here? We've got to go two more minutes. If it's broken, I could do something with what I save, right? So what if it's broken? It's good. It's, it's good wine. Ellen is galsa, but if it's uncovered wine, then my chazi, you can't do anything with it. Maybe we'll use it in the bathroom as perfume. If you have Megula produce, you can't do anything with it. You can't pour it out in the street because somebody that's walking barefoot has a cut in the bottom of his foot. He'll step on it and die. You can't use it in your house to knock down the dust because maybe you'll die. The last is don't give it to your animal because you'll shut the animal, then you'll die. So the Gemara says, it's talking about that he put it through a filter. So here, real quickly, it's talking about a case like this. You have two barrels, one on top of the other, and that little screen, I don't know if you can see, this is actually a very... It's not working. Oh. If you look closely, you'll see it's a misanenes. Okay, now, So the wine is ripping from the top one to the bottom one through the misanenes. Oh, so we just said, it says in the Braisa that if you have a, a filter like this, it's still considered giloy. If a snake came, maybe a snake put his venom into the barrel. That's only because the bottom one is uncovered. Like in this case, that the bottom barrel is completely covered by the filter even though the upper one is uncovered, there's no problem with venom. Why? It's like a sponge. It won't go through the filter. I mean, it's Okay, we got to stop over here because it's late. Rabbi Sai, have a wonderful day, and we'll do Tilim after davening. <laughs>